Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates, with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whippeal. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey, folks. Welcome back for another episode of Bold Sports. We're on episode 86. 86, man. You know what that means. What are we out of? It's the Heinz Ward episode. Oh, yeah, that 86. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Order, order in the restaurant bar business. 86. God damn it. I just need Papa Fritas, por favor, underlay. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we never run out of that. Whoever, no one ever runs out of that. I know, right? Nobody ever runs out of those. Um, but, yeah, we got uh, Heinz Ward, of course, is probably the most famous 86 to wear a Pittsburgh jersey. Absolutely. Um before him was another good stealer, Mr. Eric Green. Um, mm. Nice little tight end. Yeah, not so little. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was a little. I mean, you know, uh, he wore 86 um, before Heinz Ward, and it was briefly before Heinz Ward. Mm-hmm. Eric Green was mid-90s. Oh, yeah. And then Heinz Ward, he was early mid-90s, and Heinz Ward was 98. Okay. Uh, and then I think there was one, and every other name on the stealer I looked at, I'm like, yeah, nope, don't, don't know who it is. Not even anybody in the 70s was like a big name that wore 86. It was all a bunch of, of course, no Pirates to wear 86, no Penguins to wear 86. And then whenever you Google or you pull up 86 all-time, all four sports, it gives you Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward. Not Todd Heap, though. Uh, He was always the bad guy that I always saw, like the opposite number 86. I I mean, he wasn't, I mean, we remember him wearing 86 for Baltimore, but he wasn't a um, standout. He had some big 86. catches. He pissed me off enough times that, you know. He didn't make the all-time 86 list. No. Okay, well, that's that's them, you know. Yeah. In my, um, in my personal experience, I'd put him there. Okay. He was a hell of a tight end. Played for Baltimore forever. He played on some teams that were a little bit blocked, you know, because they weren't as good as the Steelers. That, too. And then also, I mean, the, Baltimore didn't utilize the tight end a whole lot. I mean, not like... The Steelers don't really utilize the tight end a whole lot either. No. Um, I think they will coming up. They, they got better. A, they, I think they got a couple decent ones now. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody utilized the tight end like New England did when they were pretty much running three tight ends. Yeah. I mean, there, there was that. Um, New Orleans. Um, you know, Jimmy Graham, like, fighting the whole system on, like, what even is a tight end or, yeah. as opposed to a wide receiver anymore. Wow, well, that was over contract dispute well, but, but, because he was the number one receiver on the team, yeah, even well, though he's a tight end. Of course, money is, money is the motivation, but, like, the rationale is that, like, tight ends don't play like tight ends used to. Yes. Uh, they're, like, bigger slot receivers anymore. Right, and, yeah, because tight ends, whenever Dick LeBeau was a tight end, whenever Mike Ditka was a tight end, they were blockers. Yeah. They were blockers, They they and they received the ball on occasion when they needed, you know, a quick 10 and get get it up where somebody at 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, can grab it mm-hmm. and haul the ball in and then go to the ground. Yeah. Unless they can rumble and bumble a little bit. But most of the time it was, you know, they were blockers. Which, uh, you know, certain teams still use tight ends. But the Steelers before Heath Miller, just Christ, barely used a tight end. Yeah. And even Heath Miller didn't get used some games. Mark Bruner was... Mark Bruner was, was decent, you know. I, I remember him being pretty good. Like, and obviously, like you said, Eric Green. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's always good to have one tight end that can catch, one tight end that Eric can Eric Green's block. back right now, right? He's back coaching as a player coach, I think, right now? No idea. 
I like think he's back. Coach. Yeah, I think he's a an, an a, a, a preseason mini camp training camp coach. Uh, him and Willie Gay. Okay. Cool. I, yeah, I think the Steelers brought him on as a. Uh, I forget the actual title, but yeah, you know he's coaching. So. Yeah, I didn't get my media guide yet this year. Did you? No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Got to get one. That's where you get all the. So I get all the official titles. You we will. We'll talk more Steelers later. Um, cause there's a lot going on there. Uh, but in the there's meantime, a lot going on everywhere, man. I've been, oh, dude, I've been just so itching much to, to podcast this week, man. I know we got we're, jammed we're up last night. Jamming me up. The pirates keep jamming me up. We got jammed up two nights this week. Oh my god! So we're I here got jammed again. up all three, man. We're here up again on a we Thursday. Didn't even, we didn't even discuss recording on Monday, but Monday would have been absolutely no go as well because also the pirates. Yeah, but we'll, you know, if if I'm not passed out by then, we'll get to the pirates later. Hmm. That's hilarious. But uh, we have the River Hounds. Saturday, the Hounds um, had a 2-2 draw uh, with Ottawa Fury at Highmark Stadium. The Hounds had a two-goal lead and let up uh, the two goals after they had the lead. They let it up in the 66th and 69th minute of the match. Terrible. Just collapse. It was. It was. I did not. I saw the highlights. Okay. So the the second goal was yeah. I rewatched a little portion of the game on ESPN Plus. So the second goal is what you would call a howler in in soccer terminology when when a goalie just makes like a ridiculous blooper, like you know, gets a hand on the ball and then it just like dribbles past him anyway. That kind of thing. Oh man, people are riding on tops of buses in Toronto right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the Raptors won the NBA title. Um, well, we're there. I just got ES- we just Thursday. got ESPN on. So no, there's, there's some some good visuals. It, it looks yeah. like a lot of fun. Toronto's a great city. Mm-hmm. Um, Very clean. But we did not play Toronto in soccer this weekend. We played Ottawa, mm-hmm. and they were a bad team last year. And I felt like we were going to get an easy two points once we went up two nil, and we and it didn't happen. Uh, you know, the first goal was a penalty. Uh, iffy. I don't know. Like I I hate when you take a penalty right that close to the box. Because, like, you know, you still have, like, a step or two to, like, catch the guy and, like, defend it in, in a way that isn't a foul. And sometimes people just panic. Um, so that sucked. And then, and then, you know, like, really shouldn't have even been a goal on the second one. Uh, the Hounds still managed to get, you know, they, they could have won the game with a, with a penalty kick of their own as time was expiring. And they missed it. So, yeah, bummer. Um, if you look at the standings, they're pretty far down the table. 13? 13 out of like 13 or 12 yeah it's 12 or 13 they're out of 20 something in their group yeah. now they still have a couple games in hand um they did get a point they're not far off if they if they win both their games in hand like they are within like a position or two of the playoff line at this point and it's it's a little weird to have to already be like two games fewer than everyone else at this stage of the season but they did have that rain out so they yeah. got to go back to Memphis and make up a game. They got to make up a game in Memphis, and they start all over again. And then they had a, and then the way their season just started off because they start on the road for five games because yeah. Pittsburgh weather. So. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Although they hosted the Division Two like soccer Final Four at Highmark Stadium this year. Okay. In like March. I remember yeah. that weekend because I remember driving. I was it, well. Because, there was like ice capping on the on the river, and the lights are on, and I'm like, "What they got going on there?" Yeah, I, well, I looked, that whole Division Two yeah. final stuff. Mm-hmm. All those colleges were down at my work mm-hmm. at the time, so they were all that they they run the whole place out. 
Yeah. Well, good for them. It's, uh, you know, I understand you have heated bays. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was cold. Just saying. It um, was quite chilly. But anyway, like, so yeah, the, the Hounds been on the road. They got a lot of home games. They got games in hand. Um, it's not dire yet, but I mean, shit needs to turn around. And I mean, and last year with the Hounds, they went, um, they went winless for a lot, but they had a lot of draws. Mm-hmm. So that's what kept giving them a point and keep them in there, keep yeah. them in there. And they were in the top three all the way through the final. And then they, they finished third last year, right? And then, yeah. cause they got a home playoff game. Yeah. And then they lost in the second round. What else is different though this year is you got like Memphis and St. Louis are both pretty good. Like Nashville's a year better, like they're in their second year of existence. Um, you know, Hartford is new. Like there's there's more competition. There are more teams. I mean, you know, they've they've still got, you know, Bethlehem to deal with. I mean, you saw you saw how that went. Um, yeah, and they, they still got Charleston to deal with. And yeah, the Tampa Bay Rowdies are just Tampa whooping Bay, everybody's really ass right now. Yeah, they're really good and they got a lot of history. Um, you know, they're one of those teams that could, I did not watch a lick of uh, U.S. Open Cup this week because it was on against Game 7s of yeah of hockey and, and yes. Game 6 of basketball. Yes. So, yeah, not, so, I'm not really very well versed on what's going on with the rest of the USL except for what the Hounds have. Yeah, out. so this past Wednesday, the Hounds uh, went to Columbus to take on the crew in the fourth round of the U.S. Open Cup. Um, took a loss, 1-0. Columbus dominated... The stat line uh, and uh, was a good experience. In the last three seasons, the Hounds have moved on to a further round in the Cup. Um, so, like, the first in, la- in the last three seasons, so they went first round, then they lo- then, and they lost first round game. Then they, they mm-hmm. won that, and they went to the second round. Last year, they went to the third round. This year, they got to the fourth round. Yeah. So, we'll see. Um, you know, and last, was it last year they get an MLS team, too? No. It was the year before. Yeah. It was the year before they got an MOS team. At Highmark. At Highmark. Yeah. They got the United yep. in. Um, Sorry, there's like a dozen teams that call themselves United in MLS. Yeah. DC, they got DC United. They got DC United. Yeah. Um, but, so, I mean, they lost to the crew. And that, that goal was scored, I believe, in like the 60th minute or something. Yeah. 58th, 50th. Between fifty eight and sixty two, yeah. When around. they were when they were tied at halftime, like anytime you go on the road against like a higher division opponent and you go into halftime tied up, you're, you're you start like thinking like maybe, you know, um, yeah. but it didn't last too long in the second half, and the, the Hounds just couldn't possess the ball. Mm-mm. I mean, you can't do anything if you can't. They like, I mean, even they, to counterattack, you've got to like they have like thirty seven percent possession time. Yeah, that, I mean that's not that's not great. No. But, you you can poach a goal or two like by playing like a countering kind of style, but you've just you've got to at least be able to do something with the ball when you have it. Yes. You know, um, like you can just like, you know, spend a, a third of the match making bad passes, and that counts for like thirty seven percent possession. Um, you know, it's what you do with that time. Like, do you advance the ball? Do you have, you know, they they were playing so many people back. I can understand why. You know, but you, it's hard to counter, like, by yourself. And that, that field just seemed too big for that for that style. Um, for it to be successful for any length of time. So, you know, like, what what can we do better? I Does mean, the crew, they played in the horseshoe? 
they did play in the horseshoe, but then they got a stadium out by the fairgrounds. Okay. And now they're getting a stadium down by Nationwide. Okay. That's as part of the deal for them to not move to Austin. Okay. Which was like something that was going to happen. Um, you know, hashtag save the crew stepped up and, well, they, they hashtag save the crew. And so the, the guy who wants to move a team to Austin is getting a team, an expansion team. Because MLS, just, they can like just create expansion teams out of thin air, apparently. So Austin's getting a team, and Columbus is keeping their team, and they're getting a downtown stadium. Now, when I went to a game at Crew Stadium, like, it's fun. It was like a fish concert almost. Like, you're tailgating in like a grass parking lot. You know? Nice. It's, it, it, it had like a very Hartwood Acres vibe. If you ever go to like a show at like Hartwood, Hartwood's fun. You know what I mean? It, Hartwood's fun. Very, very like kind of down home feeling. Um, you know, we we made a lot of friends as one does when they bring Jameson to an April tailgate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and we and we saw a good game, and we we saw some guys get sent off, and we we sang the "Na Na Hey Hey Goodbye" song with a bunch of strangers. You know, it happens. So like like I said, I I I adopted the crew as my team, and then. You know, the River Hounds became a thing. Well, this Saturday, uh, the Hounds head down south to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta United 2. I'm so sick of Atlanta. Which will be... No. Uh, I know, right? No they should postpone that game on, like, humanitarian grounds. <laughs> Pittsburgh humanitarian grounds. Uh, which will be aired on the CW at 7 p.m. or on ESPN Plus if you have that. Now, I don't know if ESPN Plus will cut that out since it's a local... No, they'll still have they'll it. They'll still have it. Right. Like I've I've flipped back and forth from like stream to not stream. It's just like the away games are on CW and the home games aren't. Yeah, is basically the deal. Pretty much, except the July Fourth weekend game will be on the CW. Oh, that's awesome. That's because the, they know uh, nobody's gonna like sit around and watch a free soccer game on TV anyway. Yeah, I mean, you got you got dogs to cook and yeah. Shit to blow. I, I don't even know if they're playing on the fourth or they're playing. They're that whatever that, that they're playing that, that weekend or something. Yeah. Well, um, it's a there's a lot going on at Pittsburgh that weekend. So yeah. who knows? So we'll move on aye, to aye, aye. some international soccer. Matt, you got all this covered. I know. I know you keep up with the international stuff a yes, lot. I do. And there is more than just some European league bullshit going on. There, there's some women's World Cup stuff going on. Oh yeah, yeah. So the Women's World Cup is in France. Um, they're already through the first round of like group stage games. Right. Uh, there, there's six groups. Um, U.S. played Thailand the other day, and they beat them 13 to nil. Wow. And there was a lot of controversy about it because, like, were they running up the score? Was was it sportsmanlike? Were they um, were they maybe celebrating a little too much? And it's really interesting to see, like, who, you know, whose opinions come down where. Like, uh, you know, people who, people who have played, like Taylor Twellman, who, who are saying that it was, like, you know, inappropriate to be celebrating as much as they were. And that it was disrespectful to, to be, like, running it up like that. Like, I gotta be honest, I was a little uncomfortable watching it. Like it kind of felt like well, when the women's in like the Mighty Ducks. Well, when, when the when women's they... won the World Cup four years ago. Yeah. Um, was it that long ago now? Shit, it was. it was. You're talking about Carly Lloyd scoring like a hat trick in the first like ten minutes. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like four nil in the first like fifteen minutes of the game. Well, it's an important match, the World Cup final, and you certainly don't want to like deny yourself an insurmountable lead. 
But this is like a group stage game, so the argument there is goal differential. You know, because Sweden is the other, you know, team that's expected to advance out of their group, right? So if Sweden, if, if the U.S. played Thailand and they got up like 5-0 and decided to just play keep away, you know, and then Sweden comes out when they play Thailand, they go balls out and, you know, they score like 15, you know, yeah, and then so, we end up somehow tied so, with Sweden. So here's the, here's the thing, when, when golf differential comes into a thing, like, um, like part of the, you know, as much as they say it's not like that anymore, mm-hmm. college football. Yeah. Where they would go, like, tiebreakers for points and stuff like that. Where, yeah. you know, back in the day when Penn State was throwing up uh, 85 points on top of Akron, they're like, yeah. how co-? And, you know, they're like, well, you know, you need the points to have, you know, to get higher in the rankings and this, yeah. that, and the other thing. And then now they say that doesn't matter anymore. I, I think it still does. Style points. Yeah. this The style points. I mean, and, and what's funny, though, is. You know, whenever you have those big schools, like when Alabama plays the Citadel and they mm-hmm. beat them like eighty-seven to three, and they yeah. say, "Why didn't you put your your?" He says, "Our first string was out of the game in the first quarter when we put up thirty points." Yeah, you know, they're they're sitting there, you know, trying not to break red shirts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, come towards the end of the game. I I mean, like in, in soccer, it's different because you can't just sub everybody out. You, no, you, you don't, can't sub once you don't out, have you're eleven out, extra out. players even. Yeah, dressed, everybody you know? in soccer is like a pitcher in baseball. Yeah. Once you pull them, they can't go back in. Right. So you know, so there's that. Um, I think I think the thing for me was that like. You know, you keep playing football because that's what you're there to do. And it's it's a little disrespectful also to just play keep away. Like, if the team is so, like, overmatched that you're playing that they can't even, like, get the ball and you're just, like, passing it back and forth. Like, nobody wants to watch that. At least you're giving the other team a chance to, like, catch you I making think... a mistake and counter you if you're actually, like, going forward trying to score. Now, the problem for me was that they were, like, some of the celebrating, I think, was, like, a little over the top. Hmm. Because in soccer, there is also a tradition of, like, knowing when not to, like, go overboard. For example, like, if you score against your former team, you know, like, if if McCutcheon were to hit a home run against the Pirates, like, I don't think he would, like, pimp it and, like, flip the bat and, like, flex yeah. at the opposing dugout, you know what I mean? So, like, if a soccer player scores a goal against their former team, they might just, like, run over to the corner and, like, hug their teammates, but they're not, they're not going to go, like, sucking their thumb and, like, diving on the grass. Like, we're talking, like, the U.S. is up 13, you know, they're up, like, 10 mil, and we got Alex Morgan, like, running around, like, going, like, Michael Jordan counting out, like, one, two, three, four, five. Like, I think that, like, was a bad look. But I think it's also really unfair because, like, the U.S. men and I, like, have no hope of ever scoring that many goals against anybody at a World Cup. The U.S. men... And the, and the, the women the, don't get paid shit. I mean, the And ba- they're in an active labor dispute with their bosses at U.S. soccer. Yeah, the, so the, like that. The, the U.S. men's soccer that, that factors into U.S. It. men's soccer's never went past what like the what would be considered like the grade eight. They or made something. the round of eight. Yeah, they made the round of eight, and that was what Landon Donovan and uh-huh. those yeah. guys. Yeah, they they lost to Ghana. There was some shithousery in that game, but you know, like it's over, and we had to get over it. But that, that was a fun run, and we expected I think more that the one, next time. I think I, I watched on ESPN. They showed the women's goals. And I think one goal was scored from midfield. <laughs> Probably. It wouldn't shock me. You know, I scored a goal from midfield in like a like a Dynamo youth soccer game once. It's fun. You just you just gotta get the goalie like napping a little bit. You know? 
Yeah, I think there's like, no warning track in front of the goal in soccer. So like once yeah. that ball's in the air, like he's just backpedaling and praying basically. Right. And uh, but anyway, so like not to dwell too much on the the women. Like there's controversy about the women's World Cup, but it's on every day on the Fox family of networks for the next like month. So check that. It was out. on Fox all day today. I yeah. believe it'll be on Fox all regular Fox because mm-hmm. FS1. Is holding the uh, U.S. Open. Yeah, at least but, the first two rounds. Yeah, so then, then when soccer ends, then golf flips onto Fox, probably at some point this weekend. Yeah, because the the soccer games typically, you know, there's one at like noon and there's one at three. Yeah, FS1, and they might have one at like nine in in the group phases, yeah, just F, just to like yeah, squeeze them all. Yeah, in. FS1 held U.S. Open coverage from noon until shit yeah. nine o'clock, ten o'clock tonight. Mm. I mean, what they're three hours behind us, so Tiger teed off at. 509 our time so add four to that four and five so yeah it was it's a nice spread man you got you got a soccer tournament in france you know where they're they're six hours ahead of us and then you got the golf that's like three hours behind us yeah you know it's like a nice nine hour spread you know well if you're watching if you're watching regular fox is where the soccer was at and if you're watching fs1 they had their morning shows with Skip and Shannon and whatnot, and then mm-hmm. it went to, then went to today at the U.S. Open at eleven, and then at mm-hmm. noon it was straight like, boom, U.S. Open coverage because the first tee time was at six fifty four, their time, so that makes mm-hmm. it nine fifty four our time. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, you yeah. know. So I mean, you. you and no matter what golf coverage you're watching, you're not seeing every golfer. No, that would be impossible. That'd yeah. be that'd be like that like that, apartment yeah. commercial with Jeff Goldblum where yeah. there's like thirty two <laughs> different screens. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it'd be too much, man. You know, now like certain cable packages if like during the masters they'll put on like where you can follow the feature groups, they have like A Man Corner and they have, mm-hmm. you know, you can watch but it's on different channels. You can't do split screens on it. Yeah, dude. Um so real quick, just before we wrap up international soccer, um, in addition to the Women's World Cup this weekend, the Gold Cup is starting, which is like the regional tournament for uh, North America, Central America, and the Caribbean. Right. Uh, the USA men's team, which is not looking good right now, uh, they open play, I think, on Tuesday against Guyana, I want to say. Yeah. And then... Um, I did see that coming up. Yeah, that is also somehow squeezed onto the Fox family of networks this weekend. And then the um, Copa America, which is the regional tournament of South America. Plus, because South America is not that big, they also invite two extra countries. Um, And this year they are from Asia, so they've got Qatar and Japan involved in a tournament with the likes of Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia... Well, the reason they invited Qatar is because Qatar is the host of right, the exactly. World Cup. And there's always there's always some sort of tie-in to either like the World Cup or like the last time they had the Copa America in the United States. So they invited the U.S. team and I think Mexico um, just to make it real interesting. But that's going to all be on ESPN+. Plus. So if you're, if you're already signed up for the Riverhounds games for five bucks a month, you know, you'll be able to watch games that are in Brazil, so it's like a later time zone than here, and you might you might get to catch some late night soccer. Well, 
I'm signed up for ESPN Plus. You're signed up for ESPN Plus. We watch a lot of shit on it. I will definitely um, be watching the Copa America. But I'm waiting for Peyton Manning's show to come on. Oh yeah, because it's only on ESPN Plus. I, I, you know what I like? You know what I don't get about Plus is they they got all that the stuff for like from the mind of Kobe Bryant. Oh yeah, and like I just I haven't watched that yet. I guess like this, is there anything inside Kobe's mind other than like. Just like a basketball and like the number twenty four. The other show I was Does watching. The other show I was watching. Has he deprogrammed uh, himself yet? The other show I was watching is I forget what it's called. Like uh, basically, it's like uh, how to, ownership of the NBA teams and stuff. Yeah. and it's like how to be a boss or whatnot. And it's yeah, and they they did like that Kevin Durant show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's gonna. The be, other show they, I like they might is as well Lebr- keep that. Well, up the now. show I really like is not even on ESPN Plus. It's on HBO. Is LeBron's show, The Shop? Oh, The Shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah I get that. I haven't checked that out yet. It's pretty cool. It's on demand. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, like we were mentioning that uh, on Fox FSN One was doing full coverage of U.S. Open PGA Tour, which started today. Um, it's it's U.S. Open week, folks. Pebble Beach. Um, third most opens behind Oakmont and, um, Bots, uh, Barcero, uh, the other course. Oakmont has, has nine, I believe. Um, this is seven or six, six for Pebble. Um, Kepka is looking to become the second three-peat winner since 1903 to 1905. Uh, was Willie Anderson. He had 156 players. Uh, the cut will be at 60, um, plus, um, ties. Mm. So, like, if you have 60, you know, if the cuts, the cuts usually 10 strokes. Yeah. So, if you have, if your 10th stroke is, is, is plus three, everybody at plus three makes it. Sure. So, you can actually have 70 guys make the cut if you have them tied up. Um, Justin Rose shot uh, the lowest first round in the U.S. Open uh, so far. It's minus six. He's at minus six right now. Ricky Fowler's at minus five. Louis Oosthuizen minus five. There's four guys at minus five. Tiger's minus one. I know that for sure. Um, um, Lefty's in there too at like plus. Uh, I think he's even. I think Lefty's even or plus one. One or two. Uh, Mickelson's plus one, and then uh, you got a lot of guys at plus two, plus three. So right now, like you know, if the cut would happen today, you're at uh, minus six. So six uh, be plus four. Mm. Plus four would make the cut right now. Um, I heard there were a lot of low scores today because the the greens were greens were soft. There was. Uh, good good weather, good rolls. And I think it's so cool how there's just a beach there where you can just like hang out. Oh, dude, the beach is everywhere. There's like, I mean, but I mean, there's like, there's like the U.S. The Open. Coves the U.S. That. Open is being played, like, and there's people just on the beach, like, with their dogs, chilling, hanging, just hang. Out. You know what I mean? Just yep. like you would do, like, at the Outer Banks, just like walking on the beach. And it's like rainy, windy, like, you know, it's it's not like, it ain't Daytona. Okay, but it's, you know, it's a beach, and it's very pretty, and you could just go there and hang out, and then, like, behind you, like, oh, you're staring out at the waves, and maybe there's a dolphin or a seagull or something, and then, like, oh, wait, there's, you know, there's there's uh, Brant Snedeker behind me, like, you know, taking his second shot. Like it's, Oh, it's there's whales off of that all the time? Oh, yeah. It's, I hear it's very nice. Um, you know, my, my girlfriend's dad has played there twice. Um, <sighs> That's 500 bucks well spent. Oh, I'm sure he's got it. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you're. He's a, he's an avid golfer, and uh, you I'm know. an avid golfer too. But I can't afford 500 bucks right around. No, I, I I I'd struggle paying over 50. That's my threshold is 50 or less. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, For a once in a lifetime thing, a man, once in like, a lifetime, I'd probably do it. 500. You yeah. you went to La Bernadette, didn't you? Oh, the restaurant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you save up for something that you think is worth it, right? I bet you spent more than $500 on that meal. <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> we have in the past, but yeah. Not we, we don't need to rehash it over the air. Um, yeah, the uh, average for the 100... Okay, so uh, age bracket they're going through with Phil Mickelson. Uh, record six-time runner-up. Um Still gunning for his first title. He'll celebrate his 49th birthday, June 16th, the final day of the championship. The average age for the 156-player field is 30.92. Um, reigning U.S. Senior Open winner David Toms will be the oldest participant at 52. There's a... Let's see. N- number of players who shot below par the last time the U.S. Open was played at Pebble Beach in 2010 was zero. Graham McDowell won that championship with a score of even par. Uh, three players in the field who have won multiple U.S. Opens. Tiger Woods with three, Ernie Els with two, Bruce Kepka with two. Um, four is the number of four-time champions in the U.S. Open history. Woods has three wins. Um... And then you have joined Willie Anderson, Bobby Jones, Ben Hogan, Jack Nicklaus as four-time champions. So if Tiger Woods would win, he would have, be a, he would make that as his fourth-time championship. Uh, see also past junior amateur champions that are in the field: Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, Michael Thorbachan, and actually he shot a really bad score on 18. He shot mm. a he shot an 11. Ooh, today on the 18th hole. Yuck. Um, and then Woods, of course, for a past junior champion. Six, the record number of runner-up finishes for Mickelson. Uh, seven, uh, past U.S. amateur champions in the field. Uh, another seven is number of players in the field who will be 20 years old or younger when the first round begins. Eight to one, the odds of co-favorites Kepka and Dustin Johnson, according to Westgate Las Vegas Superbook. Woods and Rory McIlroy are both listed at 10 to 1 odds, followed by Spieth at 14 to 1. Uh, 12, uh, past U.S. Open champions in the field Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, Lucas Glover, Dustin Johnson, Martin Keimer, Bruce Kepka, Graham McDowell, Roy McIlroy, Justin Rose, Webb Simpson, Jordan Spieth, and Tiger Woods. Those are all past champions that are in the field. Currently, 16, a number of amateur golfers in the field. It's the seventh straight year for 10. Or more amateurs competing among those in the field this year. And then shit ton of names. 17, the number of U.S. Open participants who made the field by advancing through both local and sectional qualifying. The fewest in the past four decades. Um, so, like, you and I could go play the U.S. Open if we qualify through. You have to have a handicap. And you have to have your handicap. And you have to play a, a, a local and then you mm-hmm. play a regional, and then you play a sectional, or a sectional, then a regional, and you can, and you have to win those. Yeah. But you and I could theoretically mm-hmm. go play the U.S. Open. Um, Twentieth, the number of players in the field who are forty or older. Twenty-seven U.S. Open appearances by Mickelson, the most of any player in the field. Ernie Els is second with twenty-six. Um, 
and he has the longest active streak of consecutive appearances. 30, the number of countries represented in the U.S. Open field. Um, U.S. has the most participants with 80, followed by England at 13, South Africa at 9, Australia at 8. The number of uh, 39, the number of first-time U.S. Open participants in this year's field. 44, the number of holes, number of hole-in-ones in U.S. Open history. Seven of those have come at Pebble Beach. Uh, the last by... Sanjigal Jadi on the fifth hole in 2010. Uh, the number 46, the number of hours network coverage that the U.S. Open will receive on Fox and FS1. 83, this will be the 83rd USGA Championship played in California and the 13th U.S. Open uh, contested in the state. 92, the yardage at Pebble Beach par 3, seventh hole, played during the final round of 2010 U.S. Open will be the shortest U.S. Open uh, hole post-World War II. There's a lot of crazy fun numbers in here Wow! to go through. 9,125, the number of entries accepted to the championship, the sixth highest total in the U.S. Open history. The record is 10,127, and that was in 2014. So that's like if you and I wanted to, like, mm-hmm. we would be considered in that number. Uh, the record payout for this year's championship is $2.25 million for this year's champion. All right. Uh, why can, why pe- didn't we try to qualify for this? It uh, sounds like a good day. Because we're not that good. No, I know. Um, now, comparison, $2.5 million to the champion, mm. um, that... Um, comparable to 1972... Mm-hmm. The first time the U.S. Open was held at Pebble Beach, Jack Nicholas won. He got 20000 Ah, Shucks, right? Well, I think he's doing all right, though. I think he's doing okay. I'm sure he invested it wisely. Um, oh, he did. <laughs> all right, folks. At that aspect, Matt and I are going to go ahead and take our first break of the evening. Shit. Uh, go ahead and check out uh, our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios and be sure to host our podcast as well as several other great podcasts available uh, with awesome cats, fishing without bait, the broadcasts, Wrestle Mayhem, and so much more. Also, go to boldpittsburgh.com. Scroll down to the bottom of that page on that website and check out our friends at Jenny Lee Bakery. You can order your Jenny Lee bread directly through us. All right, folks, we'll be back in just a few moments, and we're going to get into um, some NBA and some hockey talk. Be right back, folks. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. All right, folks, and we're back for our second segment here at Bold Sports. So, Matt, uh, we talked before we went on, and I was like, oh, shit, I forgot today was, like, game six of the NBA Finals. Because <laughs> I was at work and got busy, and it was loud and everything else. Um, so... The finals got heated up in Game 5 when KD started the game um, in Toronto. Uh, and then he went out with the second quarter uh, with an Achilles pull. Come to find out, it was an actual ruptured Achilles. It wasn't just mm-hmm. a pull. It wasn't yeah. just a tear. It was a ruptured Achilles. So I guess you got your answer, Steve. Yeah. You were like, is he really hurt or no? You, you just, well, is he just fake? No, he he had something and he made it worse by playing sooner than he needed to. 
sooner than would have been well, wise. I mean, he I, had, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, he had a leg issue. I mean, he and, had a leg issue, and when you play hurt, you can get more hurt. Yeah, and he did, and he got more hurt exactly. Um, and the Raptors, uh, the Raptors in Game Five, uh, KD was putting the points down on them. I mean, he was playing strong, and then uh, the Raptors were down the whole game in Game Five. Um, they came back in the lead with the fourth. Um, they let it go down. And then down by one with seconds left. Uh, and then Kyle Lowry uh, had the shot. So in game five in Toronto, um, down by one, Golden State takes a stupid offensive foul. Mm. Raptors get the ball back going down. They're double teaming Kyrie. They're double teaming everybody they can. Uh, Lowry gets the pass and he goes up for the shot. And completely missed everything. He hit. Mm-hmm. It went behind the backboard. He was shooting from the corner, on the move. You know, if I would have dropped, they would have won last night. Yeah, or the night before. Sorry. Um, and then game six went back to Oakland for the last game ever in Oracle Arena, and that last game ever in Oracle Arena was tonight. And that last game ever was with the Warriors losing the championship. And Toronto celebrating their win in that arena. So they go out just like the Penguins, losing their last game in their historically old 1960s arena. I was at that building. Yeah. I was at that game. Well, it wasn't a championship game, at least. No, it was a... You didn't have to see some other team parading the cup. It was a a second round of the playoffs. Yeah, and it's a bummer when when you go out. You You always want your last game in your arena to be a win but unless you're just like a team that doesn't make the playoffs and then wins their last game like you know you don't always win the the championship every year nope and i think that it's cool that the warriors didn't three-peat because that means that it's still really hard to three-peat it is you know what i mean like that i'm not i'm not doing sour grapes about the penguins i mean the warriors the, the the warriors won three out of four three out of four is still excellent and actually technically three out of five mm you know, so they did blow a three-one lead to the Cavs. They well, yeah, that was when the year the Cavs won. Yeah, with LeBron. So they would have had four in a row, were it not for that. True. And they and they would have had five in a row were it not for blowing a three-one lead, and then also like Kawhi Leonard getting traded. Because <laughs> I mean, he was the, he was the Finals MVP. Yeah, um, he deserved. You know, he was the hero Dude, Kawhi, of the Philly series with that. You know, the bouncing Kawhi on traded, the rim. He got traded at the end of last year, right? Yeah, well, he him and, after uh, the season. Him and Gasol. Gasol came from Memphis mid-season. Kawhi was at the end of last season, right? From San Antonio, but he kind of went awol on the Spurs. Decided he didn't want to play there anymore. Uh, you know, Greg Popovich. He's a cranky old man. He's like, right, you don't want to be here? Then fine, leave. We'll get rid of you. Yeah, you're gone. So, you know, so Kawhi Leonard's gone. And he kind of felt like he was doing, like, the Kyrie Irving thing where he's like, you know, I don't want to be LeBron's wingman anymore. I want to win in, you know, in my own right. Yeah. And that, that hasn't worked out so well in Boston. But Not for Kyrie, but, no. You know, like, Kawhi Leonard, who was an excellent player on the Spurs, and, uh, you know, he was an MVP in the finals there, too. Yeah. And people don't even talk about it because they think about, like, when they think of those teams and, like, again... We're in a casual basketball town where, like, you could walk into a bar during a, a clinching game of the finals and not even have it be on a TV, apparently. Yeah. And golf is on. 
So consider that. But Me people, tonight. <laughs> people in this town, I think, would at least like know enough basketball to know, like, oh, yeah, the Spurs, when they were really good, they had Tony Parker and Monty Ginobili and, like, if you want to go way back, like, Tim Duncan. You know, but if you want to no, go but, further back, he had the Admiral. I don't like talking to people that old. Okay? <laughs> Wait, so, we're that old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, people who were like... We were old, old enough to drink while the Admiral was in his prime, okay? <laughs> Speak for yourself, dude. Dream Team was, like, 96. I was not old enough to drink. I've watched the Admiral win NBA championships while I was old enough to drink. I mean, you were old enough to hold a drink in your hand and pour it in your mouth without, like, spilling. I, I buy that. You didn't need a sippy cup. <laughs> I was of age to buy alcohol on my own when the Admiral won championships. Okay. All right. I, you know what? I'm not going to challenge that. Fine. I, like I don't know how many of the Admiral I didn't won. follow a ton of NBA in the. Late, really, late I don't 80s. really. I didn't really follow a ton of NBA either because, you know, uh, we're in Pittsburgh. We have an NBA team. It's not. Yeah. I've always like. I've always like watched the finals and rooted for like the underdogs. Like I, I remember rooting for like the Rockets against the Bulls, and you know philly against the lakers and in in like the west finals like sacramento against the lakers um i mean this didn't feel like a big underdog scenario this series no it wasn't golden state had some injury problems and they lost clay thompson in the third quarter tonight also oh they lost clay thompson he he got he got a flagrant foul was about to go off they told him if you, you know, they have a rule that if you if you leave because of a flagrant and you can't shoot the free throws because you left, then you're not eligible to come back in the game at all. Like, you're, you're considered, like, DQ'd for the rest of the match, so to speak. So, like, he gets, like, halfway down the tunnel, and then somebody points out to him that, like, you know, you need to go shoot these free throws because if you go get, like, you know, you might go get some biofreeze on that shit and feel good but not be allowed to come back because you skipped the free throws that you earned by getting flagrant fouled in the first place. So he comes back out and he shoots his free throws and then he goes down to the tunnel and next we see him, he's on crutches, like headed out to the car. So like that sucked. But at the time it looked like Golden State was maybe going to win anyway because it was a very close back and forth game, but like they, their biggest lead came like not long after that injury and it was like four points. You know, so it was it was a very exciting game. Like I'm I'm fortunate that I was done with work in time to watch the entire fourth quarter with the sound on. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, like because you were at home. I was at home. Yeah, if you would have been at the bar, they'd been like, "Ah, we're watching Pirates replay." I can't hear the jukebox. Oh God! What's this basketball stuff, guy? People, on? it's exciting, you know, and it's uh, not that hockey's not also exciting. But they do a good job of like having not the games on the same night during the final. Like I don't know how they coordinate it. I don't know if they have like a meeting together or something. But say, it, hey, it always seems that like there's not you don't have to like flip back and forth during when when like there's a week of the year that the NBA and Stanley Cup Finals match up coincide. Yeah, uh, and I watched as much of both as I possibly mm-hmm. could, given my busy schedule. I did too. Uh, I did as well. Uh, for the record. Uh, 
the Admiral won two championships, 99 and 03. Okay, so that's old enough to drink. <laughs> yeah, I was old enough to drink. <laughs> I wasn't watching... I only watched finals. You know what the thing was? Is like there was a th- like there was a period in the NBA where it got really like grinded out defensive, and like even like NBA fans were losing interest in the NBA, and it was around that time, um, you know, like they were doing a lot of clear out ball where it was like five guys on each team, but it was just like basically like your best player versus their best defender, and everybody else just kind of like stood around like sort of like setting a half-ass screen yeah like there were some rule changes like you used to not be able to play zone defense in the nba and then they changed that rule and like once teams started getting good at the zone like you know it took away a little bit of the like flash and like athleticism of the style of nba basketball and like that all has been fixed by this new emphasis on threes because now you got guys like whipping the ball around the perimeter and it's not as much about like the post up game and it's it's not Driving about like it's not about else. playing a two three against like some some like big fat guy, you know, who's yeah, just yeah. trying to like score twenty points before he fouls out. Yeah, you don't have you know and you the emphasis of the big man down low isn't there anymore. And to be a good big man in the NBA you gotta be able to shoot outside now, like Mark Gasol, for example. Yeah. Um yeah, the you guy. Know, yeah. Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki invented that role, but like now the guys who who are going for that style like are even bigger than Dirk, and they're probably going to be even better well, but, shooting. But eventually. the days of having a guy like Shaq down low underneath that you just passing the ball up by the hoop and he just tips it in, oh. or he grabs it and just jams it home, you know, yeah. that's gone. No, like the best big guys in this series were like. Um, okay, yeah. so Boogie Cousins was awesome tonight. Boogie Cousins was good. At- he had one bad game. Was that game three? But he's not a Shaq. Like, he's not going to, like, back you down, man. Like, he, he faces up to you and, like, goes to the basket. You know, he's, like, they don't really have that post. Like, Iguodala is a guy that Golden State uses as their big man from time to time. Yeah. And he's also, like, you know, he, he shoots jump shots and he's really good at it. And then, like, on, on Toronto, you got Siakam. You know, he's, like, a skinny big guy. And he's he's a pup still. Like he's he might fill out yet. But was it like, Boogie Cousins that almost that had a tech the other night and almost fouled out? Yeah. And if he would have got a tech in Game Six, he wouldn't have been able to. Cause that cause in the in the playoffs, if you have so many techs mm-hmm. in the playoffs, you get suspended a game. Yeah. So <laughs> forget which one was full. Um, so like yeah, he the answer is neither. He could have um, <laughs> he could have ended up with with you know being suspended Game Seven. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, and uh, so I just you, y'all heard my ESPN update go off. Clay Thompson suffered a torn ACL in his left knee. Ah, that's terrible. At least he has a short off season to recover. Yeah, but they're gonna like. I mean, they're 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 gonna lose Durant to either free agency or, or Achilles injury or both. Well, um, Durant has his club option. Yeah, that he can. So. The NBA gives gives uh, uh, things to the player how they negotiate their contract. Where Durant has the club option, the club doesn't have the option. Durant mm. has the option to stay with Golden State or move on. My man, you just tore your ACL. Mm-hmm. You utilize your option, collect your twenty two million. It's guaranteed as long as you opt in. You get your rehab done. Your uh, Achilles. You you. He talked to uh, 
one of the guys on ESPN this morning on uh, first take or, or wake up one or two, uh, you know, said that he was overseas on vacation. Current guy in the NBA, can't remember his name, but he ruptured his Achilles and mm. messaged Durant right away through Instagram and said, hey, I know what you're going to go through. Hit me up, whatever. They talked to him briefly. He's like, he's, you know, he said it's a minimum of a 10-month recovery. God. Yeah. You know, a minimum 10-month recovery. It sucks. I mean, it doesn't matter what sport you're in. Yeah. I mean, we watched, unfortunately, he didn't play for the Pirates at the time, but Jason Grilly mm-hmm. ruptured his Achilles on a routine play. Like, you know, he was pitching for... Who was he pitching for at the time? Giants? I think. Does it sound okay? I don't know. I think know. he yeah. ruptured his Achilles. Jeez. Like, on a routine on a routine uh, play, he ground ball back to him. He was going to first base and ruptured his Achilles as he was going mm-hmm. to first base. Well, I mean, I wish him the best. It's it's going to affect the, you know, the storylines. I strained lines. mine when I was 14 mm-hmm. in Pony League. I strained mine. I didn't Fun. rupture it. Well, I I, yeah. I strained it. I stretched it a little bit, mm. and I, I I felt that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes, man. Mm-hmm. Man, I was out for three weeks with that. Jeez, at that age, that's an eternity. <laughs> yeah, at fourteen. Whenever your season's only mm-hmm. twenty-two games. Yeah. Twenty-four games, whatever it is. You know that sucked. Yeah, that does suck. Plus, just being fourteen, you don't want to like. Yeah. You don't want to deal with being in pain and like doing physical therapy and stuff. But, you know, that's for old people. But then there's this when I did. It, the doctor says, "Well, you're young enough and still stretching out. And you're growing anyway." Yeah. Well, okay. So, so you just got to jump was, on. He, it. He, he says, "They says, you know, you'll take grow it into easy. it." They said, "Take it easy. Do some stretches here. You do. Don't do any physical activity. Yeah. You know, whatever. Wow. You're in or there." But yeah, that was. Like, yeah, I mean. I've never ruptured it. I've I've strained it. I've stretched it. Is what they said I was doing, but mm-hmm. to strain, but to rupture your Achilles completely like that, like snaps. You know, I mean, it, you know, if you remember uh, what was it, uh, Caddyshack two, mm-hmm. or was it, even, or was it the first Caddyshack one or two? Where he's like, get behind with a little knife and cut the cut cut his Achilles tendon. I'll never mm-hmm. swing a golf club again. <laughs> Keep on, it was a movie. Candy Shack too. My God, really? <laughs> or it might have been the first Candy Shack. I don't one remember of them. that. I don't remember that. It was one of them. It was one of the Candy Shacks. Like, yeah. Come on, you cut the Achilles tendon. I'll never swing a golf club right again. I think it was Candy Shack Two with Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, I never saw Candy Shack Two, so that's why, that's why it's not ringing any bells for me. I guess you're okay not seeing it. Yeah, I, I've I've heard. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like. It, you know, get get healthy, KD and Clay, and yeah, God that's only not knows good. what's gonna happen to the Warriors. You know, I think I think they might they might be losing Draymond Green. Um, they've lost other guys that they've been able to like replace in the past, and you know, like the way the NBA does it, like they got the draft a week from tonight. Yeah, and then they got free agency right on the heels of that. Well, the and NHL, all these all these pieces are gonna start falling into place for you. Well, the NHL does their awards. Their awards ceremony, mm-hmm. and that ends the season, and then the drafts like the week after. So yeah. like the NHL awards come up, I think next Saturday, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. In Is Vegas. there an NHL draft lottery that's coming up soon? I think they get the ping pong ball. Yeah, yeah, they do. The, the... They do that at the awards. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so the awards, they do the ping pong ball. Okay. Uh, and then... Oh, wait, no, no, they already did the draft lottery. Oh, yeah, they did the draft lottery. Because, uh, like, the Devils and Rangers are picking, like, one, two or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. God, crap, man. Yeah, so then they'll do the NHL awards. Devils are going to be stacked in a couple years. It's going to be nowhere near, like, the Marty Brodeur days. Well, I mean... I mean, yeah. There's only that. one Marty Brodeur. Mm-hmm. That there is. Speaking of the NHL... Um, yes, let's. The uh, Stanley Cup was won last night. By not Boston. By not Boston. St. Louis Blues. Go not Boston. St. Louis Blues, first time in their existence. Um, 52 years for them to win a cup. Uh, they are 1-1 one one against Boston in a Stanley Cup final. Yep. Uh, that game was pretty, pretty sick. Spent, you know, the Blues went up 2-0 first period. Uh, nobody scored in the second period. They went up four. They went up a goal, and then they got an empty netter. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they didn't get an empty netter. They're they both even strength goals. Uh, and then they missed the empty netters. But then Boston got a chip shot, ticky-tack goal with like three minutes left. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, I... Um... I said on Sunday, like, Blues need to win it, get it done in, in St. Louis, because I don't like their chances going to Boston. Well, they... And they came out, they, they withstood an onslaught in the first 10 minutes. Um, Bennington made some, you know, just spectacular saves, like, early saves. on. Stupid And that, that just kept them in the game long enough to, to get a goal, and then right before the end of the second period, another goal. Mm-hmm. And once you got the 2, two nothing lead in hockey, I mean, they say it's a tough lead to defend. But in they a game seven, well. like Boston's gonna throw everything at you they got, and they it held did. up. I mean, they didn't they didn't get the shutout, but I mean, who gives a shit? They won the cup. So, um, Zdeno Charo was playing with a broken jaw, had the uh, um, protection. Did you the, hear him trying to talk in like the tunnel nah, before the game on Sunday? No, nah, I did not. Like before, the, the, he he's. He's the leader on the team. He's got to say something. Yeah, he's a captain. He's just like, well, 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 let's go, boys, or something, you know? Like, yeah, it was, it was all like, muffled. Oh, God. His, his mouth was wired shut. Yeah, well, um, you know, Kanye West, you know, he yeah. once had his jaw wired shut, and, and then he, he was, made some great music. When, so, Zidane Charo, 42 years old. I don't know if he'll come back next year. I mean, he might. He's fucking... Hockey players, I mean, uh, Chelly played till he was... I can almost yeah. Char Char can maintain his health by having a boost for breakfast and ensure for dessert. <laughs> He'll be back. We'll see. I, I'm not sure, but you know, congratulations to the Blues. Uh, they came into the league with the Penguins. Uh, yeah, did you see the graphic of like the most cups all time by the the class of '67? It's it's all Penguins. Well, it's like pens with five. Dallas and St. Louis each have one. Um, Philly's got what, like uh, three, two, two, three, two. two, and then there's like one other team that came in that year. Yeah, there was, was six. Like, there were six teams that came in. Yeah, yeah, six. It was six to match the six that were already there. So it was like Penguins, St. Louis, Minnesota, Philly. Um, crap, Edmonton. Edmonton's part of the original six. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, you're and right. they have four cups. It might have been Edmonton. It might have been Edmonton and then Calgary. 
The Islanders? Uh, Islanders original six. No, they're not. Original six is Boston, Chicago, Montreal, Toronto, Montreal, Toronto. Rangers, Red Wings. Red Wings, is original yeah. six. Yeah. Might have been the Islanders. Because well, Islanders and Edmonton both have four. Yeah. So anyway, it was, it was a cool graphic. Anytime you see something with the Penguins or any Pittsburgh team at the top of the list, like you don't even need to look at the other entries, man. Yeah. Like, go Berg. Yeah, go Berg. That's true. But hey, how awesome was this with St. Louis? Like, I don't know if you saw this. The um, like they adopted Gloria. Yeah, as their like victory song because they were at a bar in Philly. And I don't like that there's a Philly connection, but whatever. Like I can deal with that. Um, but anyway, so like fun song, like uh, one of my go-to jukebox songs. Like we love the movie Flashdance around here. Well, um, yeah, I mean, and you know that that's a movie that like you know was set in Pittsburgh, and that's a great song from that movie. But anyway, like you know, I'm I endorsed you know St. Louis adopting that song as as their victory song, and I thought it was really cool because they when they they won the cup on the road, so they didn't get to have like the arena with the song playing, but Fish played a concert in St. Louis last night. And they played And they, they came out, they opened their second set with Gloria in, in honor of the of the uh, the Blues winning the Cup. Because I don't know if you knew this, but Trey is a huge hockey fan and Flyers fan. Ugh. Yeah. That, that, like, he's, he's played in a... I've seen him, like, on stage in a Flyers jersey because the show is in Philly. Um, you know, we, we, we can't choose where we're born necessarily um although if you are from new jersey like you do get more leeway of who to pick well he didn't have to be a philly fan well he could well, well, have easily adopted the rangers and like well being <laughs> being one that has lived in new jersey i can pretty much tell you that trenton is the line mm. south of trenton is philly yeah north of trenton is new york mm-hmm. the only actual team that is New Jersey, is the Devils. It used to be they also had the Nets, but they've moved to Brooklyn because Jay-Z's got some money. Well, nobody wants to go see a basketball game in a parking lot unless yeah. it's the Harmerville Hoops 3-on-3 three three tournament, That's which true. they need to bring back, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> that was such a great tournament. Um, but, you know, both New York football teams play in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, now, I've, I have been on the train from like Bayhead with people in Rangers gear because like they they like commute that far to the Garden for a Rangers game. So just because oh, yeah. you're from South Jersey doesn't mean you're like a Flyers fan necessarily. But Not by necessarily. and large, like yes, there are certain patterns. You know, like you know, Long Island tends to be like Jets Mets, mm-hmm. and you know. Manhattan and like points like south and west of there tend to be Yankees, you know, Giants. Yankees, Rangers, Giants. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. Um, why are we still talking about New York and Boston sports, man? Like the Stanley Cup went to the Midwest, the Stanley and Cup the NBA went... championship went to freaking Canada, which All is right? awesome. Yeah, it is. I, yeah, I so, be so this is Toronto's first championship since 1993. Yeah, which um, which you know it, it triggers Philly fans. So yeah. thanks for bringing that up. Uh, let's talk more about Mitch Williams while we're uh, dude, Mitch, uh, Joe Carter walk off home run. He was that the was second, exciting. Second player to have a walk off home run in a game seven in no, a no, World no. Series. No, it wasn't a game seven. That's why it's not as cool. It was a game six. It was game six. But that's that's was, why Maz remains the right. But, know, but he's still a second player to win a World Series with a walk off. Yeah, home it was. Run. Yeah, the only walk off home run that I ever saw 
yeah in, in a world series basement. yeah but you know what like not as cool because it wasn't a game seven, seven and if he had struck out like you know life would have gone on for one more game yes uh but yeah toronto's they won back-to-back world series yeah they won what was it 92 they beat the braves yep and after well a yeah, thing happened a thing happened in atlanta with my uh, buddy sid green yeah and then uh they <laughs> 93 they beat the phillies yeah um and in yeah. 94 there was no world series that was a lockout year but but uh montreal would have won that year we all know we all know that Montreal, Montreal was in like got, first place. Montreal got when, when they locked us out. Ugh. And then '95 was the only World Series the Braves won. Yeah. Uh, out of all those times, they went to the World Series. They had an extra year to like game plan. <laughs> they had a really good pitching staff, and their arms were very well rested. <laughs> Man, that was a sick pitching staff. Yeah, like Hall uh, of Famers just up and down the line. Yeah. Uh, but no, so I, I, I'm quite all right with the Blues winning. Especially, oh, I'm, I'm all on uh, especially, I haven't been this happy about a team that's like not my team or right? something since probably but, like Lester I mean, winning I, I the mean, I made the comments on the Twitter underneath the bold sports is, you mm. know, being as a Pens fan, I mean, once the Pens are out, you look to the West. <laughs> For sure. Seriously. I mean, and if you're going to have an East team win, not one from your division, yeah, you know, you know, and, and then Joey Bagged Donuts on Twitter was like, "Hey, this means that the Capitals aren't the reigning champion." Exactly. You know. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. Uh, so yeah, congratulations to the Blues. Congratulations to the Raptors. Um, yeah, little known that Kawhi Leonard won his second mm-hmm. MVP uh, NBA Finals MVP. Um, I'm there. You know, first one was with the Spurs. I don't know how many. How long was he with the Spurs? I don't know how many rings I don't he has. We'll have to look that up. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And we'll be back in just a few moments. Check out what's going on with our friends, Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. Uh, we'll be right back in just a few moments, folks. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks, and we're back for our third and final segment here at Bold Sports on episode 86, the Heinz Ward episode. I uh, got a few little things on here. We'll still continue with hockey. Phil Kessel so far is, uh, from what we heard, is going to remain with the team uh, and so forth. We'll see how that transpires. That means there's some other people, I guess, that are on the trade block. Things like oh, guys like Oli Matta, mm. um, Jack Johnson, and so forth. Uh, Kessel, I guess, is blocking trades like no tomorrow because the teams that are not blocked for him, they can't make a deal with. You know? Do we know who those teams are? No, we don't. That's, um, that's not. That's not pretty, public. Information. That's not public information. I, I believe there's like six teams that he'll go to, but those are all like all top contenders, and there's no way that they're gonna give up what the pens would want for Kessel and so forth. So pens news, keep following along with us. And as soon as we find out something, we'll post it out there and whatnot. Um, also, um, Raiders, they're going to be on hard knocks. Raiders is going to be on hard knocks. You know, you know, I, I don't, I didn't see, I, I saw on, that coming. As soon I'm not as surprised AB at all. There, I'm not surprised. Like, but, but Ooh, let's I, sign this up. I haven't been on Twitter as much like these past couple nights because I've been watching sports and not, not like playing on my phone as much. 
but like you you got to be able to tell me somebody's made the joke already but just in case they haven't i'm gonna make it here and i'm going to say that the uh, raiders season is going to be the biggest nuclear bomb on hbo since the chernobyl miniseries that i just finished watching <laughs> which was excellent by the way if you uh, have time friends of mine told me to watch it so good dude and it's it's fucking there's parts that are really fucking hard to watch um but the acting is amazing and, and like the last like i rewatched the last like 45 minutes of it because julia fell asleep the first time and it's it's that good i was like yeah like you you need to see this i will check it out yeah dude um so we got the raiders gonna be on hard knocks hbo's hard knocks i watched the hard knocks last year with cleveland that was really really good mm-hmm. um you know I like that one a lot, especially the episode where they brought in Des Bryant. And they almost made the playoffs. And, well, no. <laughs> they didn't almost make the playoffs. But they almost had a winning... They had a they had a winning season. Mm-hmm. They, they ended up with an above 500 record because of that tie with us. But that, the, the part where they brought Des Bryant in to visit the team and everything, yeah. like, I'm like, why did they fucking sign him? Like oh yeah, it would be great to have you here. And he went unsigned until like week thirteen, and fucking ruptured his Achilles. Yeah, <laughs> I've never watched an episode of Hard Knocks in my life. Uh, um, I didn't usually have the first couple years when it was like very fascinating and it was like so new. I, I didn't in. have HBO. You get sucked in. And now, now I, you know, I've had HBO for like almost two years, but like I don't really care. You know, like. It was just so me, now the, 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 the whole point was to have Game of Thrones piped into my house. So, like, so now, so, so now with so now with the uh, uh, if you miss it, you can watch on HBO Go. Yeah, that's all. You yeah. know, and then you can. I, sit I there prefer. And then, I prefer the interface right. on the app as opposed to my shitty Verizon, which looks awesome. Like the graphics on my DVR are way nicer than like the Comcast DVR. But the functionality leaves something to be desired, especially with on-demand. Right. And finding shit that you want. Like, the way they organize it, they it's designed to fucking just, like, make you watch other stuff that you don't want to well, watch. Well, see, I have the H- I, we don't have HBO through our cable package. We have the HBO Go because we have AT&T, and it's part mm-hmm. of our phone package. That's a, fan- that's a great deal. So, like, you get the baseball. I think you're getting them for slightly more value than my baseball. You know, I, I'm getting HBO Go... And it works through our Apple TV. Yeah. So, what's what's nice is so with the hard knocks what I did last year is Amanda watched it weekly, and I was like, I'll catch up on, I'll catch one. I waited till I had like one of those rainy days where I was off work and I couldn't go play golf. Yeah. And I watched like six episodes, busted yeah. it out, good. Um, another thing we got going on, uh, David Ortiz, man. Big oh poppy. my god! You know what? Like before all the sports happened this week, I was like. Dude, we just got to like talk for like 45 minutes about David Ortiz. Uh, I mean, um, somebody yeah. shot Big Poppy. Somebody shot in the it back. It was apparently a hit. It was a hit. 400,000 like, 400, Dominican pesos equivalent to 7800 US dollars. Mm-hmm. Um dude walked up. You could start a GoFundMe in Boston. Well, called like don't shoot Big Poppy. Right. Like, I will pay you that much to not shoot him. Yeah. And you would, like, exceed your goal yeah. in, like, ten minutes. Probably. You know what I mean? Uh, I but, mean, even, I mean, forget the fact so, that, like, the Crafts and the fucking Henry family would probably just, like, you know, like, solve the problem without paying a ransom because they, but you know what I mean? Like, 
God, it's and like you know they a lot of like the news I saw about it was putting it in this context of like, hey, the Dominican's been kind of like unsafe lately. Uh, but very, like if, very uh, right. But if me and you uh, go down there, like nobody's gonna have a hit. No, 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 nobody's no. gonna be like, oh my God, Matt the worst part is, from the Bold worst part is though, I'll the, pay the, you seventy eight hundred dollars. The worst part is, is Big Papi's from the Dominican. I know. So somebody there obviously thinks that they can like cash in on him dying i don't know how I, i'm very I mean, interested how many how many with a pirates player his mom got abducted and was held for ransom and ended up getting the ransom money mm-hmm. you know um big poppy's if big poppy who's from the dominican goes to the dominican and almost gets whacked there's been so many americans down there that i've seen on the news that have not come back but that's i'm trying to say that's it's different okay like americans aren't getting whacked for money because like they're just getting whacked they're just getting whacked okay i don't know that's different okay you know what i mean like you can't you can't say like oh my god if you go to the dominican you're gonna get like killed for like ransom hit money by some like gang no. Because I'm not anybody that they've ever heard of, so no. like, how would they even be able to set a fair no, price? No, on no, no. But they're just looking at you that you're American, so that's why before you go to the Dominican, you gotta get your life and body appraised by someone who actually knows what the fuck they're doing. That's so, so you can like go, but to, it, you can confront this person with the pistol and be like, "Look, man, like I don't know how much they're paying but, you, but we, uh, but they're ripping you off." But we found out I'm actually worth this much. But we found out the big poppy, um, he was shot in the back. Yeah, the original report said it just hit him in the leg. Right. And I was like, no, oh, that's the bullet no big went, deal. The bullet went through, through him his back and out into his, his buddy's leg. Yeah. And they took his gallbladder out and they removed portion of his colon. And now apparently the Red Sox sent a team plane down to get him. I haven't heard if he's back in the States or not, back in Boston. He's back. Okay. He's in Boston. All right. His wife issued a statement. Um... You know, he's he's at, like, Mass General and, like, the ICU. And there's all kinds of tabloid shit about, like, the people who did it. And I, I don't know how the court system in the Dominican Republic works, but, like, I'll be very interested to see what kind of discovery they come up with as to, like, who these people were and why they, why, you know. I just, I don't see how you could cash in on something, like, unless you had, like, some sort of, like, I don't know who was paying. Did, did you have a life insurance policy for David Ortiz? You know, because like I watch a lot of fucking Murder She Wrote. Did he and have Heart a, to Heart? Yeah, and I mean, this doesn't. I'm gonna go home and watch Heart to Heart tonight. Yeah, I probably and, will too. <laughs> uh, this just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but but I mean, it's like, did he have his World Series rings on him? Did like, I mean, was he wearing? You know, were you shooting a to... guy in a crowded cafe is not the best way to get his jewelry off no. his fingers because like. Even if everyone in the cafe like hates the motherfucker that you it was just in shot, a nightclub. you're not get like if if everybody there hates David Ortiz and they're like glad that you shot him, then they might try to also steal his rings. So like, there's really no guarantee that you're gonna get his yeah, rings like, I, like, if I they like him, which of course they do because he's Big Poppy. Yeah, and you shoot him, I don't understand. They're not gonna like what happened to that dude? Is he got fucking tackled? You he know? did. I don't understand what the hell was up with that bullshit at all. I mean, hey. Big Poppy's still alive. The Red Sox are like, we're sending a plane down to get him. And yeah. Bring him back to Boston so he can, and we'll get him the carry needs. Did you see that person you at know. the hockey game last night with the, uh, they had like a David Ortiz Bruins jersey on. And yeah. they were right behind like Pierre Maguire between the benches. 
and they were standing with their back to the and it, and it just said like Ortiz and, and number 34 yeah I mean it was it was I mean knowing Boston fans like they probably had that shit made like five years ago yeah just because you're like oh man like I love Ortiz so much I'm gonna get an Ortiz Pats jersey and I'm gonna get an Ortiz Celtics jersey right and I'm gonna get a Ortiz New England Revolution jersey you know but there like, is if there's an occasion to wear that it's like you know game seven of the Stanley Cup finals the day after Big Poppy like well almost got murdered in his well, native country Ortiz David Ortiz Big Poppy we're glad you're okay we're glad that uh, you're alive um, do us a favor. Don't go to the fucking Dominican anymore. Hey, I, you know what? I know you're from there, bro. Just don't do it. It's tough, man. You know, like I, w- I was joking with my dad about Cervelli and he's like, I think Cervelli's done for the year. And I'm like, well, I don't think is he's, he? I don't think so. I don't think he is. My, my, I, I strive, I strive to like rise above the pessimism about all things sports that like, you know, constitutes my dad's approach. But like, seriously, I was just like, you know what? Like, Cervelli doesn't want to go home. Like, Venezuela's a mess right now. You know? Yeah. You don't want to go could, back there. But he could... No, he's, he's... He's from Venezuela. Does he... He, he played for Italy, though. Yeah, he, he might have he, the passport because of his grandparents. I think he could be Italy, too. Right, but his home is in Venezuela. Yeah. Like, I could get an Irish passport and play on the Irish baseball team. Okay? And, I, I mean, like... I'm not good enough to even play on a team from a country that doesn't have baseball, okay? And I have no shame in admitting that. But, like, someone really good, like Colin Moran could probably go play for the Irish baseball team. Oh, yeah. Doesn't mean that he wants to go live there. Like, he's got a home in the United States, and, like, you shouldn't have to, like, you know, you you shouldn't have to be in exile, like, three months out of the year. Even if he didn't play any more baseball, I think he could still live in the U.S., of course, of yeah. course. Um, I I know. I'm sure he could just like, he could just couch surf his way through Shady Side if he wanted to, or even better. I mean, is he married? I don't know. I, I I'm sure. I'm sure he could find people who would let him crash. Oh, if you know what I mean. Yes, in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, so moving on, Amanda found this, and she thought it was sooner than it was. I did a little research on it, but we might as well get it started. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, naming rights for PNC Park is up in 2020, and naming rights for Heinz Field is 2021. Oh, God. Um, really? Who should bid, and we need clever names. Goodrich and Geis. Get the good guys. Um, I mean, they already advertise during, like, every Pirates inning break. Uh, like, what, why what, not? Why not? Um, let, let, let me put this in, like, telefundraising terms. Like, why not increase your commitment to the symbolic value of the whole damn stadium? Senderovich, Senderovich, and Fishman. Oh my god. Senderovich, Senderovich, and Fishman Field. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh my god. We can have some. I remember when they built Consol, the PPG yeah, yeah, Arena. Yeah. But at the time, it was like we were in a recession. And. Oh, yeah. And like, like they were like. and. They were like, who do you think... And I called it. I was like, who do you think's going to... Someone said, like, who do you think is going to buy the naming rights on the new arena? And I'm working out at South Point at the time, where Consol Energy is building, like, a brand new headquarters, and I literally... Well, Consol used to be where Whole Foods is. Right, right. And they tore that down, and they built a bigger, better headquarters out by South Point during a recession. So I'm like, well, who the hell... None of these banks... Like, the housing market's garbage right now. Like, none of these banks have money 
to like buy naming rights like they did when the PNC rights went for sale. So I was like, I bet you Consol Energy is probably one of the only firms. And I was like, if not them, then like some other Oil like fracking gas. company. Oil and gas. It was, it was either going to be like the Consol Center or like the, you know, Range Resources Arena. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I, I called it. But you know what? It is much more fun to just come up with jokes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean and then you got, uh, I mean, seriously, I mean, come up. I mean, I don't know. And I looked at the money. So PNC from 2001 till now, mm-hmm. $216 million. Yeah. Heinz Field, $57 million. Hmm. Based on Heinz 57. But like they would have got more if they could have. Well, no, that's what Heinz paid to have their name on it. Right, and this, the Steelers would have extracted more money from them if it was worth more money. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think if if the naming rights for an NFL stadium, I'm assuming that they're worth more for baseball than football because the number of times that yeah. you're on TV, right, and the number of times they say your company name. You know, like the Pirates are on TV 162 games. It's the Steelers only play, you know, Eight. 16. 16 games Plus, and only like 10 home you games. know two home preseason games and like whatever playoffs they're lucky enough to get so they don't get to charge as much money but like you can't tell me that if like naming rights for an NFL stadium were worth 200 million dollars that the Roonies would have been okay only taking like a quarter of that I mean we all love our symbolic numbers but mm-hmm. like what if HJ Hines had come up with like twice as many products <laughs> you know and it was called like you know, like Heinz, like 114 sauce, <laughs> right? But uh, so, so Amanda's like, you guys got to come up with. So she thought that like they were both up at the end of this season, mm. at both at the end of their respectable seasons. I, I think Heinz Heinz Field is going to rename itself after just their newest product that nobody seems to be on board with, and they're going to call it like Mayo Chup Stadium. Well, keep in mind Heinz merged with Kraft. Oh God, no! So... We can't call it Kraft because. That's a bad name. Right? That's a, that's yeah, a so, Patriot name. Yeah, so Heinz merged with Kraft mm. a year or so ago. So that's what we were wondering whenever they did that, where Randy Bauman and those guys on DBE were talking about, oh, they already got the yellow seats, you know? I'd like <laughs> I'd like for Iron City to buy the baseball rights, because then it could be called Iron City Park, and we could just abbreviate it to ICP. <laughs> And juggalos show up, man. They don't have a lot of money to spend, but they'll show up. Well, Michael Sorg at Sorgatron Media is a juggalo. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. He is. He is, if you didn't know that. Sorry if I outed you. Whoop, whoop, Mike. Sorry if I outed you, Mike. Um, But no, yeah, but uh, Senderovich, Senderovich, and Fishman Field. (laughs) Dude. Winter. Oh, man. Uh, We'll have to put a Twitter poll out there. Uh, we'll talk about it. Fiori's Park. Uh, Fiori's Field? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, so speaking of this... So still, tweet Bold Sports with your, you know, naming rights ideas. We'll, we'll throw something out there on Twitter. We'll go with it. If you have actual money, like, keep it keep it under the belt right now. But if, if you just got jokes and you want to share them on Twitter, like, hit us up. <laughs> uh, so Stillers did their mandatory mini camp. Uh, it was underway uh, with all the players that have been invited to camp um, joining. Um, where, where, am I, where am I written here? I have notes and I can't even read my damn self. Right? Uh, 
uh, joining for the last uh, the last time that they will be all together before your traditional training camp that will start soon. Uh, Juju is now the leader of the wide receiving core, but expressing that it is a team and that the wide receivers as a core, not just him. Mm. Juju's learning. I'm sure he's learned, you know, and so forth. Um, the offensive line has been together uh, for several years now, shoring up their holes, coverages, and everything else like that. Mm. Um, Devin Bush, he's getting work in coverage uh, as well in the pass rush. Uh, there's no pads in this mini camp. They were just wearing helmets, shorts, and their jerseys. Um, they're working on a lot of drills, techniques, and plays, uh, strength and conditioning as well. Uh, so the mandatory portion of minicamp is now over. That was Tuesday through today. Um, a lot of the guys staying in town. They're doing their conditioning and so forth. A lot of the, the veterans that live here. Mm. They're also going to take their last family vacations and whatnot. They have uh, a few weeks for that. Uh, the uh, training camp does open July 25th. Players report. Uh, the first public practice is the 26th. The first padded practice is the 28th. There's 15 practices open to the public, 13 at St. Vincent's, um, one at Latrobe High School for that Friday night under the lights, and then they have uh, one at Heinz Field during Family uh, Fun Fest. Um, practice uh, is August 15th. Uh, yeah, Family Fun Fest, fun fest practice, uh, August 15th at St. Vincent. Um, you know... They finish up there August 15th, and then they break camp, and then they are back down on the south side for their workouts and everything else like that, and preseason's in full swing at that point in time. I can't believe it. You know, when you start talking about football training camp and everything, you're like, fuck, summer's almost over. No, it's not. It's not almost <laughs> over. They just have all these other shits that are I know, not training right? camp. I know. They, like, string you along and string you along. And I mean, we're only in the second week of June, it's, so... It's, yeah, like, training camp will actually really start for real in, like, mid-July. No, and... it starts July 25th. Okay, well, yeah, so that's even later than mid-July. So we're fine, man. We're like, good. And then they start playing preseason games in August, and, like, you know it's not fall yet. Just relax. So we have also other Steelers news. Arthur Motes, one of my favorite, personal favorite... Steelers players, um, as a person, mm -hmm. to take care of, to deal with in public, to talk to. Like, he knows me. Like, he'll come yeah. into the bar and be like, hey, Steve, what's going on? You know? Uh, and so He forth. seems like he's got good perspective on, like... Really, really good what, dude. What football is all really about. Really good family know? man. He's not trying to, like, you know, uh, kill he, himself to play football. Well, basically. he officially retired after nine years in the league. He had four years with the Bills, um, four with the Steelers. Uh, he half with like, half a season last year at the cards. So honestly, what's funny last year, um, he went and signed with the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. He got injured week one. He is put on the uh, injured list. NFL rules is is while you're on the injured list, you cannot be cut. Mm -hmm. um, he got to the point where the doctor said you're good to go. You can play and whatnot, or, or you're you know you're good. You're you know get healthy, and then the, then the Cardinals cut him. At that point in time, which was in October, mm -hmm. unfortunately. So it was shortly after uh, the season started. He was actually back in Pittsburgh less than 24 hours after he was cut. And I saw him. He got cut on 
a Wednesday. He was back in Pittsburgh Thursday, and I saw him Thursday night mm. um, with a few former Steelers coaches um, hanging out. Uh, he had um, his career, 228 tackles, 16.5 sacks, four forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, six deflections, and one INT. Arthur Motes is most known for, uh, he delivered the hit on Brett Favre that took him out of the game and subsequently did not start the next week, which stopped Brett Favre's streak of wow. starts that ended at 297 <clears throat> when he was a member of the Bills. And Brett Favre was playing for the Vikings. Wow. So, Arthur Motes, there you go. Arthur Motes is the one that took Brett Favre out. Yeah. And stopped his streak. Someone who actually hit Brett Favre, unlike you know Michael Strahan when he was setting the fake sack record. <laughs> when Brett Favre just like turtled at his feet. He pretty much did. One play in his career, he managed to turn himself into Tom Brady somehow. Yeah. And just like fall down. Fall down. Okay, touch me. Okay. Yeah. There's your sack. That was the... Brett that Favre was... got to pat him on the head. You know, and now, and now like Michael Strahan is on like the Good Morning America version of like Kathy Lee and Hoda. Yeah. Basically, well, I mean, he's hosted Michael and Kelly for a while, right? And now, and now, like that, they broke up, and and, and they, yeah, they broke up, which is hilarious because there, there's an episode of Broad City where like Kelly Ripa like plays a drunk version of herself, and she's talking about how Michael Strahan is so hard to work with, and like maybe there's some truth to that, I don't know, but they broke up, and then like now Michael Strahan's doing his thing and. Now, like, Kathy Lee's retired, and they replaced her with Jenna Bush, and just just another reason to, like, not wake up before noon, people. Besides being a bartender, or in your business where you telecast all night. Yeah, man. Um, you know, also, don't forget Michael Strahan was a stripper in Magic Mike XXL. I did not know that. He was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a scene in Rome. The, the, the building in Rome was called Rome with Jada Pinkett Smith. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I'm gonna run home and watch that. Magic Mike XX. It's not bad. Mm, not. It's, it's not bad at all. Uh, so we're gonna finish up with uh, our hometown Bacos. Oh my god. Uh, if we haven't so, suffered enough already. So uh, the Bacos have been on a skid for the last month. <laughs> Can I just um, recap the week? They dropped a bunch of games to the Brewers, a handful to the Braves. Uh, the Bucks finish up in Miami this weekend before heading home. Uh, and they got two at Detroit, three at San Diego, and then they go back on the road to, like, the Brewers and somebody oh, else. God, more Brewers. Um, uh, you know. The pendulum has swung back to the Brewers in that rivalry. We we had a couple years where they didn't own us, but now I feel like they just own us. I mean, what was it last year? We swept them four games in Miller Park. Yeah. And this year it's like they forget how to play in Miller Park again. Yeah. Okay, so Monday. Monday, Monday was the Musgrove game. The Monday was the what, Monday was the okay. Yeah, I was watching that game. A man is like, "Are we really gonna watch the ball game?" I'm like, "Yes." Yeah, we're, I'm like, "We're watching the ball game." I host the sports podcast. Yeah, so uh, and we were because I thought we were gonna record on Tuesday. Well, that mm. didn't happen. Well, we would have had plenty to talk about yeah. just on. Um, that. So Monday, yeah, Musgrove. You know, there's two outs in the inning. He gets the third batter, and he he brushes him. You know, it didn't even hit him. It, it hit his jersey, a button. Mm-hmm. The catcher still caught it with no problem. Yeah. And takes his base. He's walking about five paces up and starts running his mouth. Mm-hmm. And Musgrove, of course, is going to run his mouth right back. Yeah. Diaz gets in the way. 
and he pushes Diaz down to the ground. Then Josh Bell, the biggest dude in the field, comes in. Yeah. And then, of course, a melee starts to ensue. And the two guys that start chirping each other never get to each other. No, because that's how it is in baseball. Always. Yeah. I mean, unless you charge the mound. Yeah. No, like, guys don't charge the mound anymore. Not like that. Not guys like, don't really... Yeah. Char- and you got to be, like, insanely pissed off to do that. Yeah. But, so, like, Donaldson was, like, running his mouth. And it was the day after that thing in, in uh, the Dodgers-Giants game with uh, Muncie and mm-hmm. Bumgarner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, like... Bumgarner, like, yells at him, like, don't watch it, just run, and, and Muncy like... Don't watch it, take... And he did, like, this... He did, like, this, like this, this, like, bring it kind of gesture. Yeah. And and how, then, is, how is that not, like, you know, incitement to fight somebody? Yeah. Right? Because so Musgrove got kicked out for taking launched, his hat and glove off. Yeah, so he launched... His catcher got fucking tackled, yeah. right? And Musgrove even said in his post-game interview, he goes, yeah, he goes, I got tossed because I took my hat, and I told the ump, he's like, look, he goes, I stayed on my ground. He goes, he's coming at me... He goes, he's ready to go. I take my hat and glove off. He goes, and you're going to toss me for that? If he wouldn't have taken his hat and glove off, he wouldn't have got tossed. But then again, he also could have got punched in the face. Yeah, I didn't realize I mean, that they, like, I didn't realize that they, like, copied and pasted segments out of the Gospel of Matthew <laughs> into the freaking baseball rule book. But, like, I didn't think that, like, turning the other cheek was, like, part of it. You know, like, if somebody, like, assaults your catcher and, like, runs his mouth... Like, you got to expect that a fight's about to happen at that yeah. point, and you got to prepare yourself. Yeah. And Clint Hurdle said the same thing in his post-game comments. Well, like, well, like we, we've been taught since, like, the first time we were on the playground, like, you don't go looking for fights, but, like, if one finds you, like, you stand your ground. Exactly. You know? And we all know base. Nobody gets actually hurt in baseball fights. It's not bad for the game, necessarily. It doesn't slow the game down to any degree. Like, the beanballs are bad for the game because you could kill somebody. Yeah. When you're throwing at somebody's head, you could kill somebody. Definitely. But when you hit a guy in his little belly with it a didn't fastball, even hit him. not even in his belly, in his, his jersey. Little, oh, my double knit uniform is all broken now. Who cares? You know what? You want to fight about it? Like, nobody has ever gotten hurt in a baseball fight, to my knowledge. Not since freaking baseball, the baseball yeah. bat guy. That was like the yeah. 1960s. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, like, was I, it like Roy Campanella? I, I mean, there's been some, some bumps. Some, there's like, been some bumps and bruises, but well, nobody's, okay. nobody's nobody's lost yeah, yeah. weeks Ryan, of play. Nolan Ryan put Robin Ventura in a headlock, headlock and uppercutted him. him, and it is celebrated to like, this day. To this day, as like a great, like a, a like at least like third tier great moment in baseball. Robin like, Ventura's not, a not rookie. Quite like Noah Ryan's forty two years old yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Forty seven like, years. I, 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 I mean, was. so yeah, okay. Did they? Did Nolan Ryan? Did, did he get kicked out of that game? I don't remember. I think he did. I don't probably. Know. Probably. I don't care. You know what? Like it was such total bullshit, and it's it was so obviously like. And then Hurdle, you the, even heard Hurdle on the microphone. You can't do that to Joe. Come on, yeah. you, so Hurdle gets kicked out, and he has to because you 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 you, you got defend to. your pitcher. You got to. You so you know he doesn't pitcher. care if he's getting thrown out or not for it. He has to defend his pitcher. Well, they're back in their, the day. If their the pitcher bullpen got tossed, is already. So the first of all, the Pirates bullpen sucks. They're Secondly, it was up. incredibly taxed by their series in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want is in game one of a series against the Braves, which always end up being weird long series. The last thing you want is to have to take your starting pitcher out. Yeah, a Braves Pirates game is like watching a Yankees Red Sox game. It goes four and a half hours. Yeah. And they always have some dumbass delay for something. So basically, what happened was like a Braves batter, like, 
you know, had his feelings hurt and got himself kicked out of a game, but they were able, they had like five bats in the, or in the dugout to replace him with. And Pirates don't have any starting pitchers. You don't just run out the next day's starter because today's starter got thrown out. You've got to turn Yeah, you couldn't put Archer out there. It's got to become a bullpen. Well, that's another story. That's a whole other story. Uh, Oh. Well, and then, well, I thought Musgrove was supposed to go. um, That was Monday. Archer pitched Tuesday. Mm hmm. I thought Musgrove was going to go Wednesday, and they said, no, they'll push him back to Thursday for yeah. that getaway game. Mm-hmm. Because he only threw nine pitches. Yeah. You know? Cause Keller, because Keller was, like, on his normal schedule to pitch yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. So, Keller, and Keller pitched really well in the minors, and then, like, you know, five days later, they're like, here's, here's you know, a second chance in the bigs. And that didn't go so well either. So Okay, uh, so Monday was the Musgrove game, and it was bad, and they lost... Tuesday was the what like two hour rain delay in the in the top of the ninth. I almost wish they'd just let the pirates bat in the rain. They would have had a better chance of like making up those two runs. Like when when they just have a rain delay for two hours and then they call the game and don't even let the team swing the bats. Like how is that fair? You know I understand yeah. that like guys could get hurt playing in the rain. And the first thing that goes, though, is, like, the pitcher's grip on the ball. Yeah. So, like, let them, like, just, like, groove up some, like, circle changes and see if the Pirates can, like, whack a couple, like, then, soggy singles. And then and Wednesday, then you got and then Wednesday they had, what, the hour rain delay in hour the rain seventh delay, inning? The, at, least, at least Wednesday the Pirates fought back from a deficit, okay? But but then, like, you know, they, they tried to go for, like, the two-inning Vasquez appearance, and that didn't work. Uh, Vasquez and, is only good for three and, batters. And he ran out. He ran out of pitches. He threw like twenty four pitches. So then they brought in Crick, and you know, Crick gave out. Crick, Va- Vasquez yeah. is only Crick good was for, very uncrick like. Vas- Vasquez is only good for three batters. I don't care what yeah. they say. Well, um, sometimes you need him in the eighth and not the ninth. And in true. a tie, in a tied scenario, like I didn't disagree with bringing him in at that point, knowing that you still had Crick. Crick is the only other guy in that bullpen that like they should have any faith in at this point. Yeah. So, so you had so so the Pirates have lost seven in a row. Um, you know their home stance. They had uh, the Brewers won the first game of the home stance. Pirates won the second game. Brewers won the third, fourth, and then the Braves won the first game in PNC. The Pirates won the second game in PNC. Then the Pirates won the third game in PNC. Then they went to Milwaukee and lost one, two, three. Went to the Braves and lost four, five, six, seven. Now they go to the Marlins, who were kind of on fire for a minute, mm-hmm. who laid it to the fucking Brewers, um, and so forth. Uh, you you look here in the NL East. You have the Braves are leading the NL East, uh, five eighty. They're a game and a half up on the Phillies. Mets, Nationals, Marlins are last. They're 14 and a half out, but the Marlins are 24 and 42, where the Pirates are 30 and 38. Um, Pirates are now last in the Central Division after today. The Brewers are leading the division by one game over top of the Cubs. Cardinals are five games out. The Reds are eight, and the Pirates are nine. Yeah, Pirates just, uh, they're not going anywhere this year. NL West, the Dodgers are nine and a half games up on the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, and the Padres are 13, the Giants are 16 and a half out. Um. So here's my question for you, uh, Archer trade. That's not. 
I mean, Glassnow, Meadows, and who's the other guy down there now? He was out of the minor league that he was the player to be named later. Shane Boz. Yeah. Yeah. Those fuckers are lighting up in, mm-hmm. in there. And if you pull over, see standings, go to the American League. The Rays, who were leading for a while, are half game back of the Yankees. And then you have the Red Sox are six and a half out of the lead. So the so they're six behind the Rays. Yeah. You're not to the All-Star break yet. The Red Sox put themselves in a hell of a fucking hole at the beginning of the season. But I mean, so, that, that'll, I mean, at least, that'll at I mean, least give the, some the, drama the, to the, the Red Sox just got above 500 two days ago. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather start really bad and then, like, climb my way back as opposed to what the Pirates have done, which is, you know... They basically gave us a reason to hope until June 1st, and now they're just tanking. It but Glasnow and, Glasnow and Austin Meadows are lighting shit up. Change the scenery, maybe. Maybe. I'm so glad I saw Austin Meadows play one of yeah. his, like, ten games for the Pirates. Yeah, I've got to see Austin Meadows. Uh, okay. Um, he, he played more than ten games, but I understand he, what you're saying. He had a hit in the game that I saw him play live, and he... Uh, he made a nice throw. So the Pirates made a have nice throw from the warning. So track. the Pirates have a bunch of outfielders that are expect that are expendable. Right, right now Melky Cabrera is. Who do you get rid of? Who do you trade away? I mean, Melky Cabrera is tearing it up right now. You could probably get more value for him. Um, Dickerson is also very tradable, but I don't think you're gonna going to get as much for Dickerson because he's not been producing this year. So. I mean, I, I would try to get something for Melky. I personally would blow the whole damn thing up at this point. You know? I'm, I'm kind of tired of this shit. And I, I mean, this Archer trade's looking like a bust. Tyone's looking like a not-as-successful Garrett Cole. So, like, that's not to say Tyone's a bust. That's just to say that, like, maybe he goes somewhere else and becomes a Cy Young candidate. But he's not turned into what the Pirates thought he was going to be when they drafted him really high. Um... I mean, like, what what else can you do? So I have a friend. They're of wasting mine, Josh Bell's like breakout year right now. And so it I, sucks. Yeah, I have a I have a friend of mine that uh, I grew up with, and him and I have gone back and forth on on the Facebook about um, pirates, and he sticks by the pirates through and through, through and through, and so forth. And my buddy Tom says, it breaks my heart to say. Uh, but I think it's time for a Pirates fire sale, including manager and GM. Blame it on the injuries. Blame it on terrible calls at the plate. Blame it on whatever you want. It still doesn't excuse a seven-game losing streak and a losing record to date. Uh, this is a nightmare. Nothing has gone in the Pirates' way since mid-May. But other than managers and GMs, uh, who would be doing whatever it takes to fix it? We simply don't have uh, that here, and I'm officially done with it. I love Hurdle and Huntington, but they've done some magical things with this franchise, but the magic is gone. There's clearly tired. They're clearly tired and out of ideas. Fire sale starts now, Pirates. And I've gone back and forth with Tom before, and he's a baseball fan through and through. He is a I'm going to go to the games. I'm going to support this team type guy. Everything like that. And I go through with Tom. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, but I ask you, and my question to him was, who would you want in manager or GM? I'm not sure any good ones would come here knowing that ownership won't give them the tools they need like the money. 
His response back to me was, Huntington Hurdle are being headhunted aggressively. Uh, there are many in the wings waiting to take the helm, just like Hurdle and Huntington did. There's not a lot. Uh, there's a lot to be proven here. They've done. They've they've had no trouble. Hmm. I I don't understand. And and then later on, people ask him questions, and 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 he basically, in a very long drawn out that I can't read at this point in time, especially online, uh, uh, especially on the podcast, is his. I'll ask him to see if he'll post it to our Twitter page, uh, and so forth. It's basically his how baseball economics works and his short answer and long answer and so forth and how and when I my, my thing is is yeah yeah okay you fire sale the whole team what are you gonna do then you have a bunch of triple A guys in the next few seasons because not, nothing's not gonna give up you know they don't have a they don't have or he's not giving up a hundred million dollars to go put in to a payroll that's going to produce. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't make him sell the team. Um, <laughs> Trust me, we wish we could. Maybe maybe someday, you know, maybe yeah. we could nationalize he's the Pirates. He's been offered. He's been offered an insane amount of money for the team. He's like, no, I'm good. He makes money on losing product. Why would you sell it? I think that, you know, maybe Mike Sorg would disagree with me. But, you know, Million Dollar Man always used to say, every man has his price. Mm-hmm. And you just gotta, you just gotta find the right number that says, like, hey, nutting, like, you'll still get your, you know, however much you think you're gonna make off the Pirates, you know? I'm sure he's trying to, like, leave something for his heirs, you know? So it's just like, listen, Even man, if we'll, he doesn't we'll, own the Pirates, we'll they're still gonna have money. No, exactly, party. but, like, you just pay enough money. Just pay him enough money... And he'll sell the team. He's been offered a billion dollars. A billion? Offer him ten. You think he's going to turn down ten? I don't know if anybody's got that kind of money or can raise that kind of money. Okay. Um, they're not worth that much. Why would you overpay for something? That's like me being like, hey, here's a pack of winter fresh gum that says 25 cents on the label. I'm going to sell it to you for you a dollar. You would pay for something if they're holding it ransom. Like if your kid's being held hostage by like Albanian terrorists, you know, like you might give them more money than you think they deserve. <laughs> so that you can get right. your kid back. There's so, like, that. maybe you've got to give Bob Nutting like more money than the team is actually worth, in order to make it in the long term into something that's worth more than it was under Nutting. Because if they become like a consistent playoff team with like a couple hundred million dollar payroll, they're gonna be worth more. Like when you've got like Aaron Judge on your team and you go to sell your team, you're allowed to list Aaron Judge as like one of the assets. Oh, that yeah. comes with the sale. Yeah. It's like a washer and a dryer, you know? <laughs> so just, like, buy the team, like, pay too much, upgrade it with, like, elbow grease and, like, you know, smartness and brain power, and then, like, sell it for a profit anyway. It can be done, okay? The, the, pirates are not, the Pirates are not at the end stage of their development any more than, like, the rest of the baseball system is, okay? So, like, there's money to be made, they could just—they just, just got to go out and find it, and I think I really think Cat Knight is Cat Knight needs to happen too. I, I mean, uh, Cat Knight, Cat Knight would be awesome, except my cat doesn't like to walk around. No, 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 you don't have to bring cats. We saw a cat at the Arts Fest the other night that was very well behaved in like a little wagon stroller, but it had a harness. Yeah, yeah you have a harness, it'll just run away. Yeah, my you know? my cat on a harness, she hates it. Yeah, my I 
I haven't even tried with Tina. We have a harness. She, we take her out the front porch, and she's like, Mah. yeah. Moses never. She just wants to lay down, yeah. and then if you like make a loud noise, then she like gets all freaked out and like mm-hmm. starts flipping around. And shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they don't like that. Yeah. but you can still have like cat theme night. Yeah, you know they have Star Wars night. Yeah, they have Star Wars night. You know what's even more popular than Star Wars on the internet? Kitty videos. Yeah, cats. 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 Yeah. yeah, they're fun. So you know, I have cat night. Um, you know, you'll you'll get at least one good gate out of that. <laughs> um, they got Stranger Things night. They got Game of Thrones night. Grateful Dead night. I mean, you don't have any Sammy Smith for sale. I don't know what you're gonna do. Deadheads. What do Deadheads drink at a pirate game? <laughs> not gonna the red rope licorice. <laughs> oh man. That, well, that's my other plan. That's my other plan. Once they legalize recreational marijuana, just have like a vape lounge at the pirate game. Like that's real easy. You just turn like the bow tie bar or whatever into like a dispensary, man. And then you and then you just like smoke hash with like a Dutch guy and like talk about the double switch. Man, if Doc Ellis was still around. Oh, I know, man. He could be an ambassador. Actually, for that. I've seen the best Doc Ellis jersey. It was a tie dyed button down pirate jersey. He had the P on the side. Uh-huh. It was all tie dyed button down, and it just had. D.R. Ellis on the back mm-hmm. with his number. I'm like, that's awesome. It was great. All right, folks. In that aspect, we're going to go ahead and uh, finish this episode. Thank we you We just celebrated the anniversary of that, that acid no-hitter, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it was. That just it was happened like, in the last week. Yeah, it was 40-some mm. years ago. Something like that. I felt like I was in a K-hole this week with the Pirates, but we yeah. were also celebrating a good, like, LSD yeah. anniversary. And then uh, yesterday was the anniversary of the 09 Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, oh, man. Was it really? Yeah. Yesterday was the anniversary of the 09 Stanley Cup. And, Bless, like, man. Bless And I think, that. like, in the next couple of days, it'll be the anniversary of the 16 and 17 Cup. I yeah. Mean, however, the dates work out. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Facebook will tell me. Well, shit, man. I, if I had known it was the anniversary of the 09 Cup, I would have celebrated in appropriate fashion yeah. with some PBR and Jim Beam straight from the bottle. Yeah, ten, 10 years ago. 10 years ago yesterday. Man. Or no, it was 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago today, actually. It was the 09 Cup. Wow. I got pictures from that weekend. I'm going to go find them. Yeah, so do I. All right. All right, folks. Thank you very much. We'll have a great evening. Uh, enjoy this podcast, and we'll get ready for next week. Uh... I'm not sure we're, we're gonna have we're gonna have to come up with other shit to talk about since a lot of the sports are out now. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'm sure I know. We will. Like I just I, tonight was the night that I officially just now I just have baseball to look at every night. Baseball and soccer and soccer, and there'll be stuff on the wire about what's going on here. Yeah, we'll have free agency stuff. Like yeah. we don't care so much, but you know this. The more I think about it, like the Warriors are screwed right now. Oh yeah. Like, Oh they, yeah, they they've are. got they've got two of their like four key players who are like not going to be able to contribute next year, and one of them might opt out anyway. Yeah. So who knows? And Draymond Green might be gone. Draymond Green might be gone. So you know we're not like. I'm and it not was the last game any... ever in Oracle Arena, so yeah. they closed that building out a loss. I'm not a huge fan of any sports off season, but this NBA off season, like there could be some interesting moves. Yeah, um, you can find there could be people going to LA. Yeah. I don't know who. Yeah, there's Anthony Davis is a- out there. AD a- a- is a chance. Mm. Um, LA has a high-ish draft pick. You know, Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson's going somewhere. Well, he's going to he's going uh, the, the Pelicans. The Pelicans have the pick, the but Pelicans he might not the end up playing there. You never know. 
yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, folks, have a great week. Enjoy it. We'll see you back here next week. Uh, have fun, y'all. Yeah. Hey, Ian's. Thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend with the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. Bold Pittsburgh on the Facebook or BoldPGH.com.